This episode of Pride is brought to you by AT&T. AT&T and the Trevor Project share a commitment to bringing an end to LGBTQ plus youth suicide. Thanks for listening. Now, let's turn up the love. Straw Hut Media. He kicked off his singing career and gained national attention when he performed on season nine of American Idol. After making it as far as the semifinals, he went to the Broadway stage and landed iconic roles like Lola in Kinky Boots and Ogie in Waitress. He's collaborated with some of the biggest voices in music today, like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and Ariana Grande, and has been a regular judge and choreographer on the beloved reality competition, RuPaul's Drag Race. Today, we're joined by Todrick Hall, a multi-hyphenated creator who went from a small farm town in Texas to creating a home and career in Hollywood. I'm Todrick, and this is Pride. I'm a singer, dancer, actor, producer, director, choreographer, social media influencer, and um, yeah, and a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community. But before Todrick earned all his titles, he was just a little kid growing up in a tiny town in Plainview, Texas. I honestly couldn't have had a more simple life than I had. I grew up in a really small town. I always loved The Wizard of Oz and was always fascinated with costumes and creativity and figured out how to make things out of paper mache and how to paint. And I was always just a creative child, but I grew up as an only child and just like played in my garage pretty much 24 seven. Todrick's first encounter with queer culture came from watching talk shows like The Maury Povich Show or The Ricky Lake Show. Not a positive memory because, unfortunately, I mean, my grandparents, who I love, they're no longer with us, but that's just the generation they were raised in. And I just remember them making comments about, you know, how much they didn't like the fact that these people were being outwardly gay and flamboyant. And, um, and I remember being in the room with all my cousins and I could tell that I was having a, a emotional response to this behavior, even though at that time I didn't register that it was because I was gay. I just, I felt guilty. I felt like something shot down my body and into my mind that was like, if you ever become this or ever say that you are this, um, it, it would be, your family would be ashamed. It would be an embarrassment to your family. When Todrick was 15, he came out to his family. Um, my family was, my mom, my, my immediate family, because my dad was not in, involved in my life. My stepdad, nice human being, but um, is very quiet, soft-spoken, not super opinionated and, or forceful with his, his, his stance on anything, as far as I'm concerned. So in some ways i was so upset because my mom was so outwardly upset didn't want boys calling the house i couldn't hang out with boys boys couldn't come over and close with the door closed even if they were straight or even if they were somebody i wasn't interested in just a friend it was just like boys were off limits basically and um and she didn't want i mean it was just it was insane but what really upset todrick was how apathetic his entire family was when it came to relationships 
it was just as hurtful that the rest of my family members had heard it through the grapevine and never asked me questions about it, never brought it up, never wanted to discuss it. Um, about a year ago, my stepdad said to me, we are okay with you being gay. That's not an issue for us anymore. And I, I wish that you would stop harping on that because it, we, we love you and we're okay with it. But actions speak louder than words. And Todrick still doesn't feel welcomed and accepted by his family. I think that it's really difficult for him to understand that it is still an issue. When we come to the family reunions or the family gets together and you ask everybody about their girlfriends or ask them if they have a girlfriend and then you skip over me and my one cousin who is gay, who no one ever talks about. I think that it just makes us feel like our story doesn't matter, like our family doesn't care if we're in a relationship, they don't care about where, where we are romantically because it makes them uncomfortable. So it's still, and there's an elephant in the room, even though they're not telling us we can't come to the family events, it, it still feels that way. Todrick eventually moved to California and is grateful to have found an accepting community outside of his family. I've seen the toll that it's taken on other family members who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, that it's even still weird for me to say that now because we don't talk about it as a family. And I think specific, like, we should be talking about it just as the human race and in the LGBTQ plus community, but specifically in the black community, we have to start having these conversations because we are just as prevalent in the black community as, as we are anywhere else. But unfortunately, these conversations just don't happen enough in our community and it, it saddens me. When you think of queer representation in the black community today, a few names may come to mind. There's the fabulous drag queen, RuPaul, and Montero Call Me By Your Name singer, Lil Nas X. But in 2021, representation in media is still limited. You can name them on your probably both hands. It would be difficult for you to need all fingers, you know? Which puts even more pressure on Todrick as a prominent role model for his community. And it feels so surreal because I, I walk into a room and I think, I don't know that anyone cares that I'm in this room or that they care what I have to say about something. But then you leave and you go online and you see the story of them posting on social media to their friends that they met you and what an impact it made. And you have to start recognizing that whether it's absurd to you because you're a human that's flawed and you see everything that is wrong with your life, but to that person, they see you as something else completely different. When I went on tour and heard the stories of these kids who were saying that they didn't take their own lives because they could come home every week and know that I was gonna put out another video and know that they could make it through, that's very powerful information to get as an artist who thought you were just posting something to be fun with your friends. But them seeing me live my life in its truest form inspired them to know that they could make it and then in turn inspired me to go further and challenge my own self and my own identity and what I was comfortable with and what I wasn't comfortable with. Todrick doesn't see it as a responsibility, but as a desire. He wants to continue to connect with the younger generation of queer people of color and empower them to live their own authentic lives. Sometimes it's stressful when I have outfits and things that I want to wear or lyrics that I want to say that might not be um, the greatest for all ages, but then I go that extra mile to go and record clean versions of almost every song that I've ever released so that in the event that some 
dance studio has a young black boy in it or a young gay child in it and they want them to do a song that's fierce and fabulous sang by somebody from the LGBTQ plus community, they can use my voice and my music and my art as an option for that. But I don't look at it as necessarily a responsibility, but more as a privilege that, um, or an honor or something that I get to do, not something that I have to do. Todrick recalls several instances where he was able to really feel the gravity of his impact on others, but some moments stick out from the rest. When I was in Kinky Boots, I got a direct message from a dad who basically told me a story, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I have a son who is very, very flamboyant and loves to dress up in women's clothes. He likes to wear girl shoes and stuff. And when I open the door and see him, he always gets embarrassed. And he's like, it, may, it makes me feel horrible because I haven't done anything to my knowledge that would make him feel like that's not okay. Um, and I wish that there was something I could do, but I don't know what I can do. But tonight is his 12th birthday and I'm going to be bringing him to come see you at Kinky Boots on Broadway. And I bought my son and I matching pair of thigh high heels to wear to the show so he doesn't feel like he um, has to go to the show wearing them himself. And that story touched me so much that that straight father would buy his son a pair of matching boots and they would come to the show together wearing them because I think a lot of people wouldn't be willing to embarrass themselves and make themselves feel uncomfortable to make their child feel comfortable. And that to me is what real love is all about. And I just loved it so much. It made my heart flutter. It gave me goosebumps. I, I got to meet them after the show. And that story um, is the one that really sticks out to me because I think that that, that kid's life was probably changed in that moment that, that his father did that for him. Social media is a place where we can build a persona for ourselves, but it's only ever a window into someone's life, and it's never accurate. For Todrick, his media personality can sometimes feel like a shield. People that know me or people that I date when they meet me, they're like, you're nowhere near as crazy and over the top, as flamboyant, ostentatious as I assumed that you would be from watching your videos. And I don't think that I put on an air. I think I'm finally at a place now where I'm like, this is who I am. You could come over one day and I might be wearing a gown, you know, but most of the time I'm going to just be in sweatpants and pajamas. Todrick is bold and unapologetic in his daily life and online. He seems like the type of person who doesn't think twice about what others think of him. But Todrick says he sometimes struggles when he thinks about his family watching him back home. Every single time I get ready to do a video or something, I do think about it every time. Every time I write a cuss word, I think about it. And when my mom comes to the show, to my concerts, there's not a single cuss word or something that comes out of my mouth that I don't think about the fact that she's listening to me when I say it. Um, which I don't love because I'm an adult and I should be able to say whatever words I want. And I don't feel like the words should have as much power as they do. But here we are in 2021. and. You know, and this is, this is the world that we live in. And being a prominent figure in the media means you're being watched all the time. Todrick recognizes that people are looking up to him and he doesn't want to let them down. I have to always be aware when I go out and I really try to um, own that and, and try to like move through the world in a different way now that I know that there are so many people watching me and that the words that come out of my mouth, the way I treat people has a stronger impact than it did 15 years ago or 10 years ago. At the end of the day, Todrick is just another human being like you and me. He makes mistakes, 
but then he grows from them. I look at myself 48 hours later and I'm like, Todrick, why did you do that? But the answer is that you're human and you're gonna make a ton of mistakes. So um, I try to make less mistakes and smaller mistakes, but um, but but I'm I'm no longer really afraid of making mistakes and say, you know, I, I try to be candid on interviews knowing that once I say something, it exists on the internet and there's a way that out of context or even in context, something I could say today could be totally appropriate today and totally not woke and not PC two weeks, two months, two years from now. And I have to live with that consequence. But today I can I can only be as smart as society is. And so um, I just have to try to just lead with my heart and know that if my intentions are pure, that that is all I can do, you know. When we come back, Todrick's strained relationship with his mom, his documentary Behind the Curtain, and his love letter to the LGBTQ community. This episode of Pride is brought to you by AT&T. AT&T supports organizations that strengthen the LGBTQ community. AT&T and The Trevor Project share a commitment to bringing an end to LGBTQ youth suicide. Here's a way that you can help support The Trevor Project with AT&T. Every time you post on Instagram or Twitter, use hashtag TurnUpTheLove, and AT&T will donate $10 to The Trevor Project, up to $125,000. So start using the hashtag TurnUpTheLove today, and let's help The Trevor Project with AT&T. Since 1975, AT&T has been a proud ally to the LGBTQ community. AT&T Turn Up the Love is an events, advocacy, and editorial initiative to celebrate the LGBTQ community and to promote acceptance and allyship. AT&T celebrates the pride in you by offering meaningful ways to have a positive impact on the LGBTQ community. Discover exclusive content, contests, and events at turnuptholove.com. Welcome back. Today we're chatting with Todrick Hall, an artist whose accomplishments include creating and releasing several studio albums and serving as an executive producer for Taylor Swift's You Need to Calm Down music video. Earlier, Todrick spoke about coming out to his family. His mother's negative reaction truly came as a shock to him. At the time, I didn't realize how much the 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 religion and church like frowned down upon being gay i thought maybe it wasn't ideal but i didn't realize that it was like such a huge abomination to most people so and i i felt like up until that point i had a really really close relationship with my mom and i thought that i was in love so i thought with this guy that was went to my school and i wanted to share that story with her and i imagined a world where he'd come and we'd have dinner together and we'd go to events and my mom was so sweet and kind to all my friends all my friends loved to come to my house because my mom would sit down and talk for hours and hours and that just wasn't the case you know so but that's why i wanted i think i think everybody on this planet wants to be loved and wants to be accepted and wants to be embraced. And unfortunately, people can only do the best they can. And I think that um, even though my mom and I are not on great terms right now, we haven't spoken in a year actually, but I know in my heart of hearts that my mom, even when she did things and said things that like still scar me to this day or hurt my feelings or 
broke my heart, like that she was doing what she thought she needed to do to be a great mom and to protect me. And as a kid, you have to just know that and you have to love your parents where they are and and sometimes take a break from them. But like, I'll never not love my mom. Um, but some of the things that she has done, that my family has done, that the society has done are scars that that may never heal. During his adolescence, Todrick missed out on big milestones like dating and prom because he wasn't free to live his life on his own terms. Um, you can't go back in time and wish, you know, like I wish that I would have had a situation where I could have gone to prom like all the straight kids get, got to do and ask someone to go to prom and and then your parents be excited and see you come down the stairs like the movie She's All That and like help you put on your flowers and your corsage or whatever you call it. and help you rent the limo and be excited for you like that was not my experience and i didn't even go to my prom because i didn't want to go with a girl and i would never have dared told my mom i wanted to go to prom because she would have never accepted it and not because she didn't love me but because it was just it was just beyond anything that she could conceptualize like embracing and accepting instead of living in the past Todrick keeps moving forward and advocates for the LGBTQ community with hope that queer teenagers can enjoy the prom he always dreamed of having. I try to be there for as many kids and as many parents also. I spend so many hours messaging and DMing parents who are like, I don't understand this, but I'm trying. I'm trying to bring my kid to this show. I'm trying to understand this. I'm trying to figure out these pronouns. I'm trying to figure out the difference between the L and the G and the B and the T. But in order for there to be change, there has to be acceptance from both sides. Families and communities need to be more accepting and compassionate of the people who are LGBTQ. And the queer community has to be accepting of their new allies. If we're gonna go out and march and put our fist up and paint walls and paint streets and banners to try to get people to change their minds and hearts, we have to be willing to accept those people when they do decide to come over. We can't still punish them for things that they did five years ago, 10 years ago, six months ago. If someone is trying to reprogram the, the stupid shit that the world has put into our minds and hearts, we have to accept them because we all, we all are fucked from society, you know, like we, and we all are just doing the best we can to try to get from point A to point B. So the next time there's a square everyone's supposed to post, don't attack somebody that didn't use the right hashtag or didn't post it at the right hour or didn't, you know, like they're, they're trying and we are all just trying, you know, and, um, love people where they are. Don't be the woke police and call them out and say, you did it wrong. You're a horrible person. Like let's help each other and get and try to, be understanding about the fact that this is all new for all of us. You do a lot of concerts or you bring your show to places like Salt Lake City or Utah, uh, where, you know, it's not like West Hollywood. It's not like Manhattan. It's, it's very different. Hell's Kitchen in particular, like the, the queer communities there, but it's, it's just, just not the same. Is there any, when you're deciding where to bring a show, do you feel like, yeah, let's go there where like my message is important? 
Oh yeah, this is so funny that you're asking this and no one ever has. I love that you're saying this. I have fought and fought and fought and fought to go to Salt Lake City, to go to Utah for so long. Um, there was a time I called a theater in Tennessee and they were like, I'm sorry, but I mean, they just were straight up discouraging me and telling me I couldn't say cuss words. I couldn't do this. I was gonna have to have extra security. They told me that their audience wouldn't buy tickets to come and see my show. And here we are in 2021, and I've done two sold-out concerts in Nashville. I'm going back in 2022. Um, and when my agency is like telling me that the routing doesn't make sense for me to go to Utah next year, it's costing me so much money because the drive is so long. I have to fly in an extra driver and pay them double time to help drive the drive from Los Angeles for, for three different, for two buses and a truck. I have to do it times three, but it's just so worth it to me because I feel like those people need to see queer artists, need to see black artists coming to Utah and performing for them. And, um, and so, yes, I do. And I fight for it and I will spend extra money to go there and potentially lose money because I think the message and the overall my, my existence in Utah, I feel is necessary. Despite Todrick's dedication to reaching his community, sometimes reality steps in and kicks you where it hurts. I feel like sometimes people are like, yes, we want you to do this, but we're gonna put you at the worst time slot, or we're gonna put you on a day when no one watches the show, or you're gonna be a part of this, but can you rewrite it? And can you make it more fit into this? And like, are the other artists that you ask, are they having to rewrite their music in order to get the same opportunity? And I'm like, I should be able to be on the show or be in the room or be a part of the project without having to do more than all of the other people who are there. And um, it, it is frustrating. And sometimes there, there are days where I consider throwing in the towel or walking away from opportunities, but I think it's so important for me to be in the room. But Todrick persists and doesn't let discrimination take away from his end goals. At the end of the day, I'm willing to show up. I'm willing to be there for probably less money than you paid someone else because I think it's important for the kids that are going to watch this show to see me there. And um, that's, that is what I need and what keeps me pushing from project to project and keeps me going because I think this message is just so, so, so unbelievably important. And this battle goes beyond concert venues. Every, every day, every project that I do, I feel like I'm having to jump through hurdles. It gets exhausting. I feel like I have to deliver times 10 every single time I put out a video or something. It has to be at a certain level, a certain caliber, because if not, then it might not be accepted. So it's really difficult, but it's so worth it. Another outlet Todrick has utilized to spread his message is documentaries. In 2017, he released Behind the Curtain, a documentary on his life as a queer kid in Texas and his journey to stardom. With Behind the Curtain, honestly, I, I was not a big fan of documentaries. Not that I wasn't a fan, but I just didn't watch them. But they approached me and said, would you be interested in doing this? And I said, sure, I'd, I'd, be, I'd do it. And it was really, really awesome because I never realized, you know, when you have like a gift Sometimes it doesn't seem like a gift to you, but people being able to watch the process of something coming out conceptually out of my brain onto music, onto, onto film, onto a stage was really, really cool. And I'm also a person that um, 
I, I have high expectations for myself. And I have to admit that during the time that I did my first Straight Out of Oz tour, I sold a tour w- with music that no one knew. And it didn't come out until like a week or two before the, the album. And there would be days where there'd be 2,000 seats and I'd sell 1,895 seats. And I would look at that as a failure. I would look at it as like, well, you didn't sell out. So what's the point of performing? And when I watched that documentary, it changed my whole perspective because I got to see what I never get to see. The kids being so excited with their costumes costumes and their banners and their posters running into the theater. And it made me realize that what I was doing was so much bigger than that and so much more important than being able to post a sign on the marquee saying it was sold out. It was so impactful and powerful for those kids to see. And I now go on my tour and of course I want to sell out like any person, but I can have just as much fun performing for an audience of 400 as I do for an audience of 4,000. I'm so grateful to every single person who buys a ticket to come out and supports me and dresses up. And it's just incredible for for me to see. And it changed my entire outlook on everything. And it's something I'm so proud of because it's the most real, raw and true documentary about what it's like to be in my head, to be a part of my team and to be a part of creating these videos that have given me this platform and a level of success that I would not have had without people supporting me on social media long before it was cool and trendy and in fashion to support a queer, black, LGBTQ plus artist. Todrick has released several albums throughout his career including House Party, a three-part EP series geared towards the LGBTQ community, and four other studio albums. His newest release, Femuline, came out this year, just in time for Pride Month. He says it's a love letter to the LGBTQ community. But it's also for anybody who just wants to feel fabulous, who doesn't feel like they really belong in the box that society's put them in. Um, I was so happy. I, I didn't even realize this until I was looking at some feedback on social media the other day that every person who collaborated with me as a person of color, from Tyra to T.S. Madison to Britney Spears to Shaka Khan to Nicole Scherzinger, I'm very, very proud of that. I think it's an album full of anthems, of songs that people have never talked about. It took me a long time to embrace my femininity, my feminine side and my masculine side, and be okay with towing that line and dipping toes in both sides. And I think a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community have been longing for that permission for a long time. So this album is something I'm very, very proud of. It's the best response I've ever gotten from any piece of art I've put out. It's very specific, so I'm interested to see how other people perceive it and how they embrace it. Um, but to see people dancing to it and using it to, you know, for their dance classes and their Zumba classes and stuff is really awesome for me and it makes me really happy and I can't wait to continue to create art that is for this specific group of people that I feel is underserved and deserving great pops and anthems. So what's next for Todrick? My tickets for my Feminine World Tour are on sale now at ToddrickHall.com. I have a toy that's out. It's like a a little version of me in my low costume uh, that's available. It's on my social media. Um, The album is available now to stream and download. Please check it out. Please join in the TikTok of it all. You don't have to be the greatest dancer. Get your umbrella and go outside and dance with it. And um, I can't wait for you all to see the new projects I have coming up.
future. I'm working on new music projects, books, musicals, and um, I think there's a lot in store. I'm excited. The fire has been ignited within me, and I hope to continue to make my family, my hometown, Texas, my community, the LGBTQ plus community, and the African-American community proud. I'm so proud to be a part of both of those communities, and um, I'm just grateful for all the love and support that I've seen showered on me um, over the past week and a half. You can connect with Todrick on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Todrick, T-O-D-R-I-C-K. This episode was presented by AT&T. Thanks for listening and helping us turn up the love. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pride and tune in to our IGTV for new episodes weekly featuring amazing queer people. If you'd like to connect with me, you can follow me everywhere at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, Ryan Tillotson, and Caitlin McDaniel. Edited by Sebastian Alcala and Daniel Ferreira. Sound mixing by Sebastian Alcala. And if it was about money, you could just add a show to Los Angeles and tell everyone to come here and just sell out again. Yeah. <laughs> if that was the case, yeah, I could stay here and drive over to the Savant Theater. Yeah. It's not about money to me.